Hey you, how are you? I hope you're doing well. We have been talking about waiting. And I hope the words that, you know, that we've been talking about in the last two episodes, this one making three, actually four, if you include the intro story. Um, I hope that, you know, I hope it's it's hitting you in a good place. Um, because like I said in the beginning, all of us are waiting for something. So it's not just a message for a particular group of people, right? Think about what you're waiting for, whatever it is. It could be big. It could be small. You could be waiting for a promotion, a raise. You could be waiting for a, a spouse. You could be waiting for a baby. You could be waiting for a car. You could be waiting for lunch. Hello, if you are fasting and you're listening to me, um, you're waiting to eat. Hello. Um, so it doesn't, you know, I don't want to make it seem like it's just the huge, the big things, but obviously it's the bigger things that make us wait longer. And it's the longer we wait, or, um, I guess in Jay Iris's case, the more intense the situation, um, the more difficult it is to wait. And so I really hope, um, that, you know, you're leaning in to everything that's being said. Um, and, and like I always say, if you have a question or, um, you know, something I say just doesn't sit right with you. I am more than happy to hear from you in any way um, that you want to reach out. So whether it's Instagram, Facebook, um, an email, um, I want to hear from you. So I have just, y'all going to be like, what is wrong with this girl? I have just found out how awesome the Chosen TV series is, the Chosen um um, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. The chosen, the one, the, the Christian, um, broadcast, I guess, about the Lord and about what his life potentially looked like while he walked the earth. And I don't know why I'm so late to this party. I don't know who didn't invite me or what, but needless to say over the last, uh, maybe two weeks or so and it's not even because you know uh resurrection sunday was recently or anything like that that wasn't what this was probably a week prior to that and i didn't have resurrection sunday on my mind i was just i don't know i was uh, it's on prime now and, and that's the the i guess the internet tv provider that we subscribe to we use prime um uh fire stick whatever so so I was scrolling um, and I saw it. I'm like, I think I heard about this. A friend of mine, I remembered a friend of mine having said, have you watched this? Um, And I just said no. And I put it out of my mind. Needless to say, I clicked on it and I watched a couple of the episodes. Um, And in a couple of days, I pretty much got through season one. And I think I'm one or two shows into season two. So I still have a ways to go. But oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness goodness I love it I love it I love it I don't even know another way to say it I love it and if you haven't if you are late to the party welcome hello late party comers um and and I I am just encouraging you to to go and and watch um watch it if you have uh prime and I think it's available uh, on some other platforms I'm not exactly sure which ones um but it is free if you have prime but I, I was watching it, uh, and towards the end of season one, the Bible, I mean, Lord, the Chosen series highlights how the Lord found Nathaniel. And that story literally had me like shook. O-M-G. And so if you haven't watched 
the the chosen series um please start from the top right don't 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 fast forward or don't move over on to the to the episode i'm talking about but if you have watched it um you know a while back i would encourage you to watch that particular episode and unfortunately i don't even know which one it is um i can find out if you want me to um i know it was towards the end it was definitely towards the end of season one um but i don't know which one whether it was the last episode or the second to the last episode needless to say it was the story of nathaniel and how the lord found nathaniel and so the chosen series really quickly the chosen series they they highlighted Nathaniel as an architect. And unfortunately, there was this horrible accident that essentially ended his career. And, you know, he goes into a spiral, you know, they show him drinking and, you know, essentially lamenting. And the part that I love so much was the part which which is in the word of God, because obviously they take, you know, creative license in some areas. But the part that is in the word of God that that um where the Bible, sh- I mean, the oh Lord, the series shows him sitting under a tree. And um, and so he's under this tree and he has what I will call the blueprints of all the, the temples and the synagogues that he wanted to build. And so he's talking to the Lord and he's crying out and he's in despair because, like I said, you know, his career has essentially just crumbled. Um, And so he's talking to the Lord and he's like, I did all this for you. You know, these plans were for you. I wanted to be successful for you. You know, uh, basically pointing it back at the Lord, like, how could you allow my life to be what it is? I've been waiting all this time for an opportunity. And now the one opportunity I had is now gone. And so it reminded me so much of where we are in this series. But it also reminded me of kind of where I am in life. You know, just this, I just this place of knowing and I don't even know how to how to put it into words, knowing what you're capable of, knowing what you want to do, knowing how you want your life to give God glory, but also knowing that things aren't necessarily working the way you want them to work. And and I know that I'm not the only one in this space. I know that a lot of us that are, you know, listening, a lot of my family, my already in you family are finding themselves in the same place, whether it's generally, whether it's in your career, like it was for Nathaniel in this depiction of his life, whether um, it's, it's, in your love life or your lack thereof, whether it's in, I mean, there's so many different ways that this particular aspect can manifest itself in your life. And so I resonated so much, so much, so, so, so much with Nathaniel and how he looked out at the Lord sitting under that tree and he cried out in despair. And he's like, God, where are you? Are you here? This, that, and the other. And it's silence. Oh my gosh, it's crickets, the the clouds. I mean, nothing to say. You know how sometimes we look for a sign. We want to say, oh, then the sun just came out and it was bright. And I knew that was the Lord. You know how we do. We're looking and, and, and it's not a bad thing. I don't mean to make it seem like, you know, but it's funny because we, we're always looking for something. We're looking for manifestations of the presence of God, even in things 
you know, sometimes he does show up that way and sometimes he doesn't. And in this case, Nathaniel, it was crickets. It was legit crickets. So he had to wipe his tears, get up and go home. And a lot of us find ourselves in situations like that where the Lord is not coming to us in the obvious ways, in the ways we're used to, right? We have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We have to open up the word and find our own scriptures. Um, and so, you know, the the story goes on uh, into other places, right? And then, um, and, and I love how the producers kind of weave stories in and out. And so needless to say, towards the middle of, so that's how the episode starts, like legit first scene. And so towards the middle of that particular episode, we see Nathaniel again, right? And this time he's meeting Jesus and they're like in a, in a, in a, what I will call like a busy street. And the Lord looks at Nathaniel and Nathaniel doesn't know that this is the Lord. Right. So it's not like us on this side of the story that like, that's Jesus. You know, you about to meet Jesus. No, he has no idea in, in this, in the, in the, the TV show. Um, he doesn't know he's meeting the Lord, but they lock eyes. And, and, and even in just the locking of eyes that there's already like a release. Hello. Oh my gosh. You, can you hear me smiling? Um, and so they lock eyes and they continue walking towards each other and he essentially gets there and without giving, obviously I've given a good amount, but without saying the whole thing, um, they, they finally reach each other. And I believe it's Philip. I want to think it's Philip that brought him to the Lord. Um, because the whole way, the, the backstory is that they were friends. And, you know, when, when Philip heard that they were going to the place where Nathaniel was, Philip told Jesus, hey, I have a friend who I would like you to meet. Right. So needless to say, Philip is walking and he sees them um, lock eyes and he starts smiling like, yep, it's about to happen. It's about to go down. Needless to say, he they, they reach each other and, you know, the Lord starts talking to him and the Lord says to him, because at, at back at the, the tree, um, Philip is like, don't you see me, Lord? Don't you see me? And so now he's. And, but again, he got up because nothing happened. It was crickets. The Lord didn't, nothing, you know, no kind of sign, nothing. And so um, um, when they finally reach each other in the market scene or in the street, you know, I don't really know which one. Um, but when they finally reach each other, the Lord says to him, I saw you. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I saw you. I saw you sitting under that tree. I saw you as you cried. I saw you as you wiped your tears. I saw you as you got up to go. Um, and there's there's no way for me to really describe it the way it would be if you just watched it. So, you know, if you have a chance, just go watch that particular scene or that episode. Because like I said, it's not one full scene. It's like a bunch of scenes. Um, and then towards the end of that episode, the Bible shows him working in his gifting, working in his calling, doing exactly what the Lord would have him do. And so he finds fulfillment. Um, and so, you know, again, based on where I am right now, that thing hit me in a crazy way. Like I was, I had goosebumps. I didn't like break down or cry or anything. And even if I did, that wouldn't be a problem. Um, so, but I want to, I want to make, I want to make it clear that it wasn't like this emotional response. It was really, really like a, like a, a heart leap. Like, Lord, you know, you, you really do know where I am. You see me in the midst of all this waiting. And so uh, all that to say that waiting, waiting can be so difficult. Waiting 
is the pits. It sucks. And I know I said that last episode and probably the one before that, but it really does suck. But there is a way to wait and wait such that I come out of the waiting season better and stronger than I did going in. I don't, I don't know a, another way to say that, another way to, um, to make that clear. Like, there is a way to wait. There is a way to wait such that the Lord literally explodes in your heart. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um um, I'm trying not to be too spiritual and deep, Lord, but there is a way to do it. And, and, and for me, watching that episode of The Chosen series um, showed me again, like, Lord, you are encouraging me even in this season. And so I want us to look at something really quickly, a really short chapter in the Bible, and it is in Psalms. And it's Psalms chapter 131, Psalms chapter 131, and it's literally three verses. Um, And when I uh, was trying to, I was about to teach, um, I was looking for something to teach. Let me say it like that. And I'm like, Lord, you know, lead me. And so I heard that Psalms 131, I'm like, okay, let me look at it and see. And I didn't realize that... (laughs) Isn't it annoying and ironic that the Lord would have you teach on something that you also need, right? And so the day he gave me the scripture to to teach on, and I did it, right? Um, But I was legit talking to myself, and it brings new life to the, 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 the word that says that the word of God is alive and is active and it is sharper than any two-edged sword because of course this thing was piercing me while it was piercing the people that I was talking to so let's read it Psalms chapter 131 verse 1 to 3 and it's only three verses in the entire chapter Lord my heart is not haughty nor my eyes lofty neither do I exercise myself in matters too great or in things too wonderful for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me ceased from fretting. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. That's it. I know y'all like, listen, when we read the Bible, it's it's normally a long, a long reading. So it's like, wait, you done? I am done. And let me read it one more time. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in matters too great or in things too wonderful for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me ceased from fretting. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. And so I read this thing over and over and over and over again. And I was trying to figure out, okay, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And I think through some, some meditation and some 
a whole bunch of questions asked. The Lord showed me a couple of things right here that I'm going to tell it to you, even as we all figure out how to wait well, right? How to wait in such a way that, like I said before, at the end of the waiting, we're better off than we were at the beginning. And I know that we all can think of situations and even circumstances, examples of people who waited and at the end of their waiting, they were worse off. And that's not what we want to be. That's not where we want to be. Because we have to remember, the Bible says that the Lord wants to bring us to an expected end, which means if it's expected, he already knows how it's going to end, right? Which means that if truly I believe that God is sovereign and that my steps are being ordered, that this waiting season is actually for my good. Because he's my father and he's a good father and he gives good gifts. And even though this may not seem like a gift, I want you to expand or stretch your mind so that you begin to see this as a gift. Nothing, nothing, nothing that the father gives is given for, for, for you to turn out worse. Nothing. Everything that comes down from the father is a good and perfect gift. Everything including seasons of waiting, including seasons where his voice is not as prominent or prevalent in your life, including seasons where it's like, look, Lord, where are you? You're sitting under the tree just like Nathaniel. And 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 it doesn't make sense. And the very thing that he felt like he was doing for the Lord, and if you're like me, the very things you feel like you're doing for the Lord are not thriving or are not prospering. And so Nathaniel took a, a, a match to the blueprints and he burnt them up before the Lord like Lord this was for you almost as if and if you're and if you and if I'm being honest I was waiting for the Lord to come to come in another scene and step on the on the blueprints and 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 blot out the fire you know like that was the way I was waiting for it to go down but no 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 ma'am no sir those blueprints burnt up in ashes. And then when they burnt up in ashes, he lifted up the ashes and threw them in the air and put some on his head like, Lord, this was for you. And so, and, and, and if you can identify with any of that, then you can see how frustrating it is, right? And how easy it is for your mind to tell you that the Lord doesn't like me. Oh, I don't know what I did to deserve this. You know, I, I, what in the world is this? I am confused. I am just completely beside myself because in my estimation, I don't deserve this. And if we're being honest with ourselves, that's essentially what that is. I don't deserve this. What did I do to deserve this? Because to us, certain things are punishment. And we, and we can't see like the father sees how this particular situation is actually creating in me a better person for what's coming tomorrow. Because I can't see it. All I see is where I am right now. And right now, this thing sucks. It sucks. It sucks. But I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm inviting you. I'm pleading with you to stretch the boundaries of your, of your mind. So that now you begin to see what you're going through actually is a gift. Because it is a gift. So when I'm looking at this scripture, I'm like, okay, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. And we come back to the thing that we came to in the story of J. Iris. Pride. Pride, pride, 
pride. And if you remember what I told you, um, and you have what you need, New Year's edition, when we were when we were coming into um, the new year, I said that I was reading a book on humility, um, and I had counted myself pretty much as a pretty pretty cool person. I didn't think that pride was one of my struggles. Um, you know, I just. I think I'm pretty humble. I was, at least I thought I was pretty humble until I read that book. And so here I am and I'm, I'm contemplating on this verse where David starts off with, Lord, my eyes are not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Why would he start there? And, and, and I'm asking you the, the same question. Can you truly say, Lord, my eyes are not lofty and my heart is not haughty? And when you come to it, part of the reason why waiting is so hard is actually rooted in pride. Because what not not only like we talked about with J. Iris, not only do I feel like why do I have to go through this? Right. And I'm saying to you at this in the same breath, why not you? If others can go through it, why can't you? Right. What makes us feel like we're better so that we don't have to deal with the things that other people have to deal with. So so that first thought process of why do I have to deal with this is very, very prevalent, especially in cases where we're waiting. But even beyond that, another aspect of pride in waiting looks like this. What do people think about what I'm going through? And so now your annoyance and your frustration and your anger towards your current situation is more so targeted to what you have allowed yourself to think about what other people are thinking about your situation. Right. And so if you're single and you've been single for a long time or you're getting older in age now, it's not even so much. Lord, I can't believe that I have to wait this long for my spouse. It's also, Lord, look at how these people are looking at me. Look at how these people are viewing my situation. Look at the, the caliber of people that, 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 that people are trying to hook me up with, you know? And, and so now it's, it's a situation, oh, they, they, they must think I'm desperate. So now your, your annoyance, your frustration, your, your, your agony is really linked to what other people think, what you think other people think about your situation. So when David starts off by saying, my eyes are not lofty and my my heart is not haughty. He's really speaking to pride. And the pride we have to ask ourselves is, is, is that really a component? And if, and before dealing with the situation I'm in and, and even studying this, I would never have thought that this is a kind of pride that I'm dealing with. But the truth is, it is, right? Because you, you look at yourself and you feel like you should be somewhere else. And, and, and just like you can see and feel your potential, so can others. And when, and when your life doesn't seem like it's adding up or that it's leading to the place where you feel like you should be, you start to wonder yourself, which is that first kind of pride again that we talked about with J. Iris. But then you start to wonder what other people are thinking. And so the majority or the foundation or the, or the, the base of your pride, of your situation, of your annoyance and your anger is actually based on what people think that you haven't even confirmed. 
based on conjecture. My frustration with where I am is confounded or multiplied by the way I feel like other people are looking at me as I wait. And so when David starts talking and he starts off with, Lord, my heart is not haughty. It says to me, this is someone who has dealt with the pride that comes with not having what you want. Not having what you feel like you need. And I'm telling you, as I'm telling myself, that that's the first place we have to, we really have to stop and think, am I dealing with pride as I wait because the quickest way to wait incorrectly is to wait like this in pride Lord I don't know why I'm here I don't know why you have allowed this to happen to me pride Lord I am so frustrated because everybody thinks Um, a reject pride is it truly I mean because even think about it majority of the things that we think are not facts right it's not that someone has come to us and said it's it's our estimation of the totality of the events right it's our estimation of what has transpired and so we come up with our own conclusions based on what we think of the current situation that we're in. If you remember um, the story of this, the spies um, in, in Numbers, uh, Caleb and Joshua, and how they were sent by Moses, I mean a bunch of other ones, how they were sent by Moses into the city. And it was it was just the two of them really that came back with with a a good report um we're able to take the land blah 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 the lord has given it to us we're going to get the victory the everyone else came back saying craziness right and 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 we don't stand in judgment over them because we would have done the same thing if we got to a place and we saw giants and and huge people and and a, a, a bundle of grapes had to be carried like a barrel of bricks Obviously, this is a strange place. And so I get why the people said what they said. But what the part that I'm referencing is the part where uh, uh, the people came back to Moses and said, we were like grasshoppers to them. And we, in our, in our, in our own eyes, they, we were like grasshoppers to them. And it's just like, well, how would you know that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How would you know what they looked at you as? It's not like they went to them and did an interview. Right. CNN, Fox News. What did you think about? No, we projected onto them what we think they should have thought about us. And this is what we do in waiting. Because you are dissatisfied with where you are. You project that onto other people. So that now your frustration is exacerbated by what you feel like other people also think of you. And oftentimes it's not founded on anything but where I am in my situation, which is why pride 
pride. Pride is the very first thing that David talks about here. Um, Neither do I, second part of verse one, neither do I exercise myself in matters too great or in things too wonderful for me. What is he saying here? That there is a level, a level of what's happening in my life that I can't put my mind around. And so I'm not even going to try. I don't know why I am waiting for this long for something that should have come so easily or for something that for others came so quickly. I don't know. But David starts off. It's almost as if he's laying his treasures before the Lord. I'm laying down my hearty heart. I've laid down my lofty eyes. And now I'm laying down even my mind and the way I think about the situations that have, have, be, have, have fallen into my lap. He says, I don't, I don't even try. Neither do I exercise myself in matters too great or in things too wonderful for me. Things that I don't have the ability to think about or to wrap my mind around. I'm not even going to go there. And so I'm saying to someone, as I say to myself, stop trying to figure it out. And I don't mean stop working at it. And I'm going to get to that in verse two. But I do mean wrapping your mind around why it doesn't typically bring you to a place where you're better off there's a difference between trying to figure out if you have faults in your situation right so so again if we're, we're sticking with the example of someone who's prolonged in their singleness, um, if, if you are in the house all the time and nobody knows you're alive or that you exist, okay, there's, there's some work that can be done there, right? But what I, more than that, and so I, I, don't want it to, I don't want to make it seem like you're not supposed to do anything. What I don't want you to do is, is wrap your whole existence around figuring out why the Lord has allowed you to be in the situation that you're in. And that's why David says, I don't, I don't exercise myself in, in matters too great for me to understand too great and too wonderful for me. I'm not even going that way. I'm not going down that road to literally ask the Lord. Why could actually be sinful because again, why not? And if I believe again that my father is a good father, then I also have to believe that the things that he's allowing for me to go through are also for my good. So to say to him why is to also say, you don't know what you're doing. So when David is saying saying here, I'm not going to exercise myself like that. I'm not going to wear myself out trying to figure out why all things work together for good for those who love God and are called all things and that's a scripture David didn't even have hello Mm -mm. he had no clue about that scripture right Paul is nowhere near the scene at this point and so us on the other hand we get it. We, we, we have the potential to get it. Do not waste time asking God 
Why? That's exercise that's not going to keep, make you fit. That's exercise that's only going to wear you out and leave you worse off than you were before. I look at that exercise like the, the hamsters and the mice in the wheel. You're just going to go round and round and round until you get so exhausted that you fly out of that thing worse than you were when you got in. So don't do it. And then verse 2. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Cease from fretting. So I was just like, what? You ever read the Bible and it's just like, you have that quizzical, is, it, is that the right word? Uh, I can't think of the word. I think it's quizzical. You have that look on your face like, huh? You know, if it was a meme, you know, we would all laugh at it. It's just like, Lord, what are you saying here? And so I, that was me, like a wean child, because I would have almost, I would have done it kind of opposite. In my mind, a nurse, a nursing child actually is calmer and quiet, quieter than a, than a wean child. Because if you've ever known or maybe you have actually nursed a child or you you know someone who has nursed a child all it takes is for you to nurse and and a child is okay but that's exactly the issue that's exactly the issue because a nurse child is constantly in need of their mother a nursing child is constantly in need of essentially a breast in their mouth for them to be quiet and calm. And the Lord, David and the Lord are saying to us today, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child. In other words, I don't need a, a, a quick sip every couple minutes in order to be okay. And so I'm asking you right now, are you nursing or are you weaned? A weaned child loves its mother because it's its mother, not because of what you're about to whip out to make me feel better. Woo, Lord have mercy. Every time I think about this scripture, it does it all over again in my life. Like seriously, like legit. I don't need a snack, right? A weaned child is not looking at their mother like, I'm hungry and... All you need to do is, you know, give me some milk real quick. Wean children are calmer and, 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 and quieter. And they love their mother because it's their mother. Not because, again, she has a breast that can satisfy me on command. So when David goes to the Lord and he says, I have become a weaned child. He is saying to the Lord, waiting has taught me that I don't need to get something from you every single moment of every single day in order to know that I'm okay. I have grown. I'm weaned. I started out like that. And all of us as believers started out like that. And the Lord had to keep giving us little prizes and little things and little, you know, you know, we needed those, 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 uh, I don't even know the bits in our mouths to keep going. And it's not a bad thing. It's where we all started. But David is looking at the Lord and saying, Hey, I've, I've grown. 
and I'm now weaned. And I have, I have calmed and quieted my soul. And that's where I love how he says, I have. I have. Which is what I mean when I said before that there is absolutely work to do. And the first work to do is to calm and quiet yourself. He didn't say Holy Spirit descended and helped me to know, which which doesn't mean that he didn't, right? I do believe that the 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 the, the ability to do that comes from the Lord, of course. But he it's something that he embarked on. I have calmed and quieted my soul. This is not, you know, some some miraculous event. I have done that. I made a decision and I looked for ways to calm and quiet my soul. And in addition, like a weaned child with his mother, and again for emphasis, like a weaned child is my soul within me ceased from fretting. And I'm asking you today, are you weaned or are you still nursing? Is your frustration with your current situation because you don't see the Lord anymore? You don't feel the Lord anymore. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the Lord is probably in this situation trying to wean you. If you're not weaned already, this is probably what he's using to wean you. Because he has looked at the estimation of what the what the previous part of our relationship was. And it was me again, whipping out a breast and calming you down. Whipping out a breast and calming you down. Whipping out a breast and calming you down. And when life just got a little bit too much, you nursed. And then when life, again, maybe a year later, maybe even two months later, got a little bit too much, you nursed. And the Lord is like, no, it's time for you to be weaned. It's time for you to be weaned. And so the next thing, again, is to ask yourself, am I nursing or am I weaned? Apostle Selman, Apostle Joshua Selman, which I'm sure a lot of us know who he is. He's someone who I love and respect so much. He teaches something about waiting seasons that has blessed me and continues to bless me. He always says that the version of you that is waiting for what you want is not the version that the Lord want that it's not the version that can show up and get that thing and so what has to happen is you have to grow you have to come up and when you are the version that is supposed to get that thing you will get it oh my goodness and so what we have to begin to do um, as we're waiting is look at it like, Lord, there is something I'm supposed to learn. There is something I'm supposed to become. And, 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 and I have to. Like, it is, it, is a, it is not a joke. It is not a laughing matter. I must learn what I need to learn from this situation so that I can get out of it. And so if there is a place to focus, which we already talked about focusing on why, why, and why is not that place. But if there is a place to focus, it's in that place. Lord, what are you trying to get me to learn? Because the quicker I learn it, the quicker I get out of here. I need to become the version of myself that's on the other side of this thing. Right? The Lord is waiting for us to become weaned. And once I've become weaned, 
then now I can go on and face the next hurdle. And then that last verse, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. And if you're like me, I put my name, O Eva, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. And where we ended uh, uh, part two, um, we were talking about hope and how the Lord looked at Jairus and said, only believe. In the absence of hope, there is always hope, right? Um, that that for me is why Resurrection Sunday um, is is just so poignant. Just that the hope that, that we have in Jesus Christ in me is the hope of glory. And so I'm saying to you, O Israel, O Eva, O sweetheart, O honey bun, hope in the Lord. Put your name in there. O blank, hope in the Lord. Your life is not over. Your life is not the pits. You are not a failure because you're waiting. You are not less than because you're waiting. You are not um, 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 impoverished because you're waiting. You are not in a lower class because you're waiting. Whatever the, the, the thing your mind is saying to you, you are because of your waiting season. Let me say to you that you are not. You aren't. And like David, I'm saying to you, oh, person, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. There is a way to wait and know, right, that, man, the person I, I will be on the other side of this is so fantastic. Um, and I'm actually excited to continue to become her. Right. I'm excited to no longer be a nursing child. I'm excited to actually become and continue to be a weaned child. Remember, all you need for life and godliness has been given. It's already given. It's already yours. And it's already in you. I love you plenty.